Genesis 26. And Jeremiah chapter 2. Genesis 26, beginning in verse 16, reads, Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much more powerful than we are. So Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gear and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names his, his father had called them. I want to read verse 17 again. It says, and Isaac departed <laughs> from there. And pitched his tent in the valley of Gear and settled there. And Isaac dug again. Again. Isaac dug again. The wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names his father had called them. Three things I noticed immediately as, as Isaac departed. <laughs> he redug and he named them by their real name. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13 says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewned out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Forsaken me, the fountain of living water. And they've hewn out for themselves cisterns. Can I just make an observation right there about the scripture? It says they hewn out. Those cisterns in those days were generally either dug out by hand into the ground or they were literally chiseled, hewn out of solid rock. I want you to know something up front. It's a lot of work to make your own way. It's a lot of work to create a different way other than the one that he laid out for us. You will work yourself to death working for something that's broken and won't even hold water. It's a lot of work not to just live in the fountain of living water. Redigging 
the old wells this morning. Redigging the old wells. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word and for your spirit. Lord, I ask now that the, that the Spirit of God would come and, and anoint these lips of clay. Anoint the ears of the hearer and the heart of the recipient. And Lord, that you would open our eyes to the truth of your word and to the power of your Spirit. We ask, O oh God, in your name, that name that's above every name, in the name of Jesus we pray, amen, and amen. Redigging the old wells. Thank you, Brandon. I want you to know at the onset that I am not looking to go back to the good old days. Because the good old days wasn't really that good. Everybody in every age have had their own set of problems and their own set of circumstances, their own life to deal with, their own. The, the, every, every generation has had its problems and its victories. Whenever you hear me preaching about, talking about redigging the old wells, it's not about going back doing church the way Grandma did church. But I'm going to tell you, we've lost something since Grandma was here. I can tell you right now, we have. I, I'm, I'm going to start out this, this morning just opening up like I do sometimes and just telling you that the, that the last few weeks, that things that are out of my control have just about ate my guts out. Literally. Is that strong language? <laughs> I, I, I don't generally worry about things I can't do anything about. I'm not much of a worrier. But every once in a while, we, 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 we get into a situation where we realize, have you ever been where you've just, maybe you're weeks, months, or maybe years into a situation and you realize that you've just been carrying a, a bunch of things that wasn't yours to carry? And maybe you didn't do it on purpose, but you're just, you just were. You realize it. Anybody ever been there? Me and Teresa. The rest of you, I want to hear from y'all because y'all got it down. What do people think when you say that? Yeah, yeah I know y'all don't think I think about anything. I just let her rip and let the, let the chips fall where they may. And there's some truth to that. But I, I, I think, you know, I, I, I go home, Heather will say, how was that? And I'll ask Heather, how was this? Or I'll ask him. I'm always evaluating what's going on in, in ministry, in the church, in, in family. I, my, my analytical brain never stops. It never shuts off. That's good a lot of times, sometimes not so much. And, and you start preaching truth. I want to tell you there's nothing. It's, it's really easy. It would be really easy to go with the flow of the church world today. It would be really easy to, get, to do that. Do y'all know that's easier? Do you know that today is the second Sunday in December? Next Sunday would be Christmas Sunday. You know it would be much easier to turn to the calendar and say, let's turn to Luke chapter 2 this morning and say, now there were shepherds abiding in the field watching their flock by night. Or turn to Isaiah chapter 9 and 
and unto us a son, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. That's all powerful and good, but it would be easier just to follow the calendar. I've laid awake at night lately. Not something I do very much. Hardly ever. In fact, I've had twice, one night, nearly all night, and one just a few hours yesterday morning, where I began in, where I laid in bed, balled up in pain, and, and, and uh, were, were right there. It was just like hot fire, and not heartburn, like an ice, like dagger in my gut and balled up around it and I began to realize the carrying the weight of things that I was never meant to carry that's that's what that was <laughs> worrying about how are we going to get there y'all may not think about church from Sunday to Sunday but all I think about is you I don't mean if you're going to be here or not well I do think about that but that's not the I, I Carrying the burdens of the people and the church and where we're at and what we can see and the weight of, 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 of prophetic insight. I don't know if you, if you understand this or ever could if you don't understand what I'm talking about, but there's a weight that comes with being able to see. To be able to look at the world. Some people might think when you hear me preaching lately and then you talk to me that, I, that it's all negative. That I, that I think everything's negative. Absolutely not. If you, you, if you're around me this morning in the cafe or upstairs or any other time, I, rather, I, I like to laugh. I like to cut up. I like to have a good time. I, I'd rather do that than anything in the world. I'm really a pretty light and happy guy. But the, but the spiritual weight of where we're at is overwhelming and we're asleep. And we're playing games, and people, and people. Uh, uh, but I, but I had some refreshing this week. I'm just opening up. Well, I'll get into some other stuff here in a minute. I just want you to know the realities of of ministry today, and of Mag, and of and of our lives, and where we're at, and 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 and, and the what it, the weight of calling the church back to the book. Because there's a weight to calling the church back to the book when they don't want to be brought back. And I don't necessarily just mean us. I mean everywhere. I'm talking about when, when leadership of your denomination had rather play games than, than to preach, than to, than to just lay down the word. When everything that you thought you could count on in the church world is crumbling beneath our feet. I, I've, I've had conversations with a few, with my wife, and with a few others, and and I would and I talk about things that it would take hours to explain to them. We're just hitting the highlights, and and certainly can't explain it on a Sunday morning. But I, but if I could just relate to you, I, I would I would strip the denominational titles off of my card, off of the church, off of the people. I would get rid of all of it if if one more person 
would just listen to the truth instead of reading it through the lens of denominational religion. I preach in terms that we know, and sometimes that upsets people because I, I, I preach in terms of, of uh, I'll say, it don't, it, it don't matter if you're Baptist. It don't matter if you're Assembly of God. It doesn't matter if you're Episcopalian. I, I say all that because I'm trying to call people's attention back to the, it's not about all that. It's about the book. It's about the book. And sometimes I say, I say I'm calling us back to Pentecost, and people think that means that they're calling us back to, the, to Springfield. Or calling us back to, 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 to the UPC. None of that stuff. We're not talk, when you're talking about calling back to Pentecost, I'm talking about the day of. It's not to the exclusion of the Baptist or the Methodist. Or, no, I'm talking about something that if, we, that if we would understand it, that it's open to everyone. It's inclusive to everybody. God's plan is not denominational. It's scriptural. The Philistines have filled in our wells. And some of the Philistines had offices and titles. Sometimes the enemy is not without. Sometimes the enemy is within. That don't don't get you elected to office, by the way. I don't say it with, I, there's things I've been saying, I, pre, I preach, I preach passionately. And some people might say hard, I don't think hard is the right word. I, I've been under hard preaching. I, I've been under the sledgehammer. It's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about passion for the Word of God and where we're at. And see, there's a, you can preach with clothes, with clenched teeth and closed fists, or you, can, or you can preach with, with tears and open hands and open arms to say, we got to get back to the book. Besides, so Isaac left. He said he, he went back. He says he departed. They, they had been, he had been in the, the, the children of Abraham. The great patriarch, the father of our faith, had, 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 had been in the land with mixed company. And it says that Isaac departed and went back. Church, I'm to, we're to a place that we've got to depart and go back. I'm not talking about going back to the, to the monikers of religion that, that dictates how you wear your hair and how long your dress is. That stuff's stupid. It was stupid then, it's stupid now. We're not talking about that. Although when you get close enough to God, you'll cover up. You will. You'll you'll get modest. Modest doesn't mean dowdy. I just thought I'd throw that in there. There's two kinds of people that needed to hear that. The one that wants to be a hoochie and call themselves holy, and the one that wants to look like they come off the Mayflower and think everybody else ought to. There was two different kinds of people that needed to hear that. Modest doesn't mean, doesn't mean dowdy. It means you cover up your parts that only your spouse is supposed to see. I don't mind going back to that, do you? Ooh, it's, it get quiet in the house. 
we got wells to redig because the Philistines have filled them in. Because, listen, if you don't go back to the springs of living water, if you don't go back to the source of, of, the source of life, we'll all die. We, we think we're living it up in the church world today. We think we're living it up in America. We think we've finally got our freedom. And what, we're really, what we've really done is come to a place of such corruption that, we have, that we've created for ourselves broken cisterns that can't even hold water. He said, I have two things against my people. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, the stream of living water, and hewn for themselves. Let me tell you, anytime you had to do it for yourself, you don't have anything. You're going to work yourself to death trying to create a religion you can live with, trying to, trying to create a form of godliness that, that, that will appease your flesh and get you to heaven, and it just doesn't work that way. It's a broken cistern that will work you to death and leave you ruined. The model is broken. Can I tell you that the church model is broken? Can I tell you that, that America is broken? Can I tell you that we're a broken people that need to cry out to God and have to depart from the bondage and the, and the land of the heathen that we're dwelling in? We're going to have to depart and go home. It's us that's got to go somewhere, church. The world out there is not going anywhere. It's us that have to turn around and go back home. It's us. We're the ones that's drifted off. They're where they've always been. Do you understand that? Sinners are always going to sin. The world's always going to be broken. It's always been a hot mess out there, and it's always going to be. It's us that have moved. It's us that have to turn around to go back home and redig. You know, if we would have defended the wells, we'd never had to redug them. If we'd have never left where we were at, we would we wouldn't have to be going back. If we had defended what we what was given us, we wouldn't be having to redig it now. We've got to redig the well. Listen, listen to me. We got to redig the well of salvation. I told you Wednesday night that most of us and the, most of us outside these walls and half of us inside these walls don't even know what it means anymore. We think salvation is a prayer. Or we, we, we think salvation is a, is a membership card. Or we think salvation is, is that we go to church every Sunday. We think, we think salvation is we, we have a, a favorite internet guru. We think salvation is, is people that are just religious and have a form. We think salvation goes through a ritual and has a rote and has a liturgy. We think salvation is, is just, the, all of that is just empty vessels. It's cracked cisterns. It's things that'll never do anything for you. Salvation is not any of those things. Salvation is, is taking, uh, taking your, the, the Savior of the world on for yourself. It is, it is, it is denying yourself. He said, if any man come after me he must first what he must he must deny himself take up his cross daily and follow him salvation is a, i told you wednesday night is a change of mind a repentance is a change of mind about sin it's a change of direction in your life it is it is a following jesus it's not a prayer it's follow him and him alone we're, we're putting, we got, we, we, we're putting our faith in Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz instead of, instead of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
Paul said when, when he came to Corinth, he said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. What do you think he was talking about? He was in the land of the philosophers. <laughs> he was in the land of, of the Greek thinkers. He was, in the, he was in the land of the, of, of, of the, of the so-called great minds of his day. He said, forget. he said, I didn't come to you with any of that. I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. He said, but I come to you with a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. If we don't have a demonstration, what are we going to do? You can put the simplest thing. Listen, church, I, I didn't come to preach heavy this morning. I just come to preach about where we're at and that, and that we've got things to redig. One of the biggest things, if I could figure this one out, Tweety, Tweety's figured it out. That's why I'm talking to Tweety. If I could, Tweety, if I could take you and pour you out over every person in this building on Sunday morning, I'd replicate you 10,000 times. You know why? She's figured out that the joy of the Lord is her strength. She's figured out that there's something worth praising and there's something worth worshiping and there's something worth and there's something worth throwing throwing your life to. That there's something that there's something bigger than her. That there's something worth worshiping. That there's something that's the, uh, that's the object of where I'm going. That that's the focus of where I'm headed. That that church we got, we got to get out of the frozen chosen model. I started reading about this week just to make sure I wasn't harping. Did you hear me? I want to make sure I'm not just harping. I want to make sure that even though that, 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 it, that, it's a, that sometimes it's a chill, but that, it, that it's Scripture and, the, and that the Lord's dealing with me and that I'm laying it out, that I'm not just on a soapbox. Before they ever found him. The Bible says in Luke, it says, when the wise says, when they, I looked at it last night. It says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Before they ever found a Savior, when they just saw the sign in the heavens, when they just saw the star, they began to rejoice. Paul said to the church, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm going to remind you something. You ever heard of the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love. And I'll say it this way. The fruit of the Spirit is love and is manifested first. How? Enjoy. Oh, I could take time to teach you on Sunday morning that there's not nine fruit of the Spirit. There's one. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Look at, look, at, look at what he said. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Say, can you prove that? I can take you to 1 Corinthians 13. It says, it says that if I, that it says if I, that if I, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and don't have love, I have nothing. 
It says, if I, give my, if I offer my goods to the poor, offer my body to be burned, it says, if I don't have love, that, I am, that I'm tinkling brass and sounding cymbal. He goes through and he says, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love does not keep records, love, love, love. And verse 8 of chapter 13 says, love never fails. Then at the end of, the, of Paul's chapter 13, it says, it says these three abide, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is what? Love. It says, and it says, pursue love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. See, first chapter, First Corinthians chapter 13 is not about your wedding. It's not about your girlfriend. It's not about your vows. It's about chapter 12 tells you what the gifts of the Spirit are. Chapter 13 tells you that they operate in love because, because love is the fruit. And chapter 14 tells you how they operate in a church service. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And when you have love, you'll have joy, peace. Are you hearing me? You can't have joy without love. How many needs peace in their life? No, I want to know right now. This is, this is, this is kind of like Wednesday night except it's Sunday morning, so we're just going to do it that way. We go, how many of you need peace in your life? My hand's up too. Let me tell you something. You will never get peace until you have joy. And you will never have joy until there's the, lo- until there's the love, which is the fruit of the Spirit. You can't, that, 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 that is a progressive listing that flows out of love. You will never have peace. If you need peace, this world needs peace today. Can I ask you a question outside of these walls? Can I ask you, and will you answer rhetorically but honestly? Is there any peace on this earth? Is there any joy in this world? You know why there's no peace? Because there's no joy. You know why there's no joy? Because there's no love. We gotta redig the wells. First well of salvation, we just touched on it in just a second. We've got to redig the well of the baptism in the Holy Spirit church. It's for everybody. 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 The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Scott, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everybody. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everybody. I'm going to say it until you get it, until you at least acknowledge it. The, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Amen. I got news for you. It's for the assemblies of God. I got bigger news for you. It's for the Baptist. I got bigger news than that. It's for the Episcopalians. I got bigger news than that. It's for the Catholics. 
You know what it is? It's for anybody that gets saved. And none of those things will save you. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everybody. I'm going to call it, I'm going to redig the old well, and I'm going to call it by its name. It is salvation by the blood of Jesus. It is baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence and speaking in other tongues. It's not a prayer language. It's not any of those things. The, whole, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a sovereign God moving on broken man because of the blood of Jesus and empowering men to be a witness in this world and giving them the power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's for everybody. I don't care who your denominational labels call you. That's not exclusive. That is inclusive. You know what? In my home church, I found out it was for everybody because we had years and years and years and years of white-hot revival that took a little church in a little town of about 125 to a church of about 700 in a town of 3,500. Pastored by a dude that was raised in a missionary Baptist church. You know how I know that it's for everybody? Because a little Baptist boy in Paris that came out of the backwoods of Tennessee got to reading the Word one day for himself. See, he was saved. He got saved. He was saved. Raised in a great family, a great church. Not, I'm not excluding anybody. He got to reading the book for himself. And he said, if this is for me, whatever this you have, God, whatever you have that's for me, I want it. And you know what happened? Heaven fell in his bedroom. And God baptized a little missionary Baptist boy in the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues, and it turned his world and, a, and thousands of other people's world upside down. And you know what happened out of that fire? Because I asked him when I went to Africa with him, when I, well, you know what happened out of that fire besides hundreds of people getting saved, hundreds of people getting baptized in the Holy Ghost? At this point, that 60-year-old preacher that got, that come out of the backwoods of Tennessee and got, and read the book for himself and got baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know why I said that? Because that's what the Word calls it. It says that there's one that's coming and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'm going to call the well what the book calls it. I said, Brother Kenny, how many preachers have come out of your ministry? He said, well, the last time I counted it was about 75. And I'm one of them. I'm one of them. You know what happens whenever you redig the old well? Call, say he'll, he'll, yeah. You know what else happened in my little old hometown? I was raised with a bunch called the Eccles, Debbie Eccles and Alfred Eccles, and went to school with their kids, Mike and Karen. Uh, Alfred was the, was the Methodist pastor in town. When I was a senior in high school, Alfred Eccles was a great man, a man of God. And Alfred Eccles passed away very suddenly. And, and his widow stayed and raised her kids in town. And, 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 and they didn't have church on Sunday night later on. So Debbie Eccles started coming over on Sunday night because, you know, her kids were gone. And they didn't have church. And we did. And, and all that. And, and, and you know what? I, you probably know the end of the story. But somewhere, this is what happens when you mess around the river. I'm going to tell you what happens when you mess around the river. How many of you ever grew up around the river? How many of you ever grew up on the creek bank? Anybody ever grow up on the creek bank? 
Anybody ever go play at the creek when mama told you not to? You had not had your bath and you done got cleaned up. Anybody ever done that? And you go down there and you're just going to go play around a little bit. You ain't, you ain't going to do anything. But you get down there by the river and you fall in. I want to tell you right now, if you, if you play around the river, you'll fall in. You just can't help it. It's going to happen. People are looking at me like I'm nuts. I don't know. It's probably been 25 years ago now. Debbie Eccles, that little, that little bitty tiny, quiet, meek Methodist preacher's wife fell in the river. You know what she done then? She shouted from there to there and there to there and there to there. You say, well, that's the whole thing. I don't want to do any of that stuff. You know that's our problem. It's getting late on me quick. I'm not going to get too many wells, Doug Lenora, this morning. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I know what I'm doing right now? I'm just trying to put something out there to taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm just trying to build a hunger. And I'm, trying to, I'm, just, trying, I'm just trying to build back to a place where people even know that these things exist. And to create a hunger for the thing. Because you know what? Because these are the things God offered us. And these are the things God intended for us to have. Do you know that these are the things that God intended for every believer to have? Every, he intended this for every believer. It's, it's, it's theologians and cemeterians. <laughs> that talked us out of it. It is. There's, there's another little Baptist lady. I know. She's married to no, she's married to Marvin Wiggins. Her name's Vicky. You don't know him, but I'm gonna tell you about him anyway. Because see, she was she she was a real she was a she's a I had her for a Sunday school teacher growing up and she's precious and and but she was married to Holy Roller Marvin and she was fine with being married to Holy Roller Roller Marvin, but she was a good little reserved Baptist girl from Scranton. And she was all good with it. She believed in it. She said, That's good for Marvin. I'm going to look all around. That's good for Marvin. She said, but that's not for me. That's not for me. You know, I think that was about 30 years that way, best I can remember. And they got to some crisis in life where life got heavier than they could carry. I mean, you know, sometimes life gets heavier than you can carry. Saved. Precious. Walked in the fruit of the Spirit. She's a Christian. She said, I remember an altar service one night. We'll talk about altars either after a while or next week or the week after. Altars are not benches. Altars are not furniture. Altars are positions of the heart. She's at the altar one night. Carried everything she could carry. I, I hope I'm not getting it mixed up, but now that I think about it, I, it was about the time she'd lost her second or third baby and hadn't had any children yet. 
And that was just the desire of her heart. She wanted a baby. And she was getting older. And it wasn't happening. Or she'd get pregnant and she'd lose the baby. And Marvin wanted a baby. Vicky wanted a baby. I believe that was the story. And she prayed. She was a prayer warrior. She said, one night, I very seldom even went to the altar because that was what Marvin does. It's not what Vicky does. It's good for Marvin. I'm not opposed to it. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? She said, I got down to there, about to that corner. It would have been about right here in this church. And she said, I just stood there. And she said, you know, I looked towards the ceiling. She said, I just began to pour my heart out to God. She said, I was so broken, so wounded, so hurt. Not mad at God, just had all I could stand. And she said, God, I don't know what to do anymore. She said, but I'm going to turn it over to you and you do in me what you need to do. I believe that was her words. Now, this is interesting. She said, when I began to pray that way, she said, as I looked up, she said, in my vision, it was like a hole opened up in the roof, about as big as a dinner plate, she said. And she said, it was like it just began to rain. Through, just on me. She said, it was just big splat, 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 and then it was deluge just on me. And the next thing you know, that little broken, wounded, Baptist girl that was married to a holy roller man for 30 years began to speak in a heavenly language that she never thought about. Never expected. And that little reserve, Vicky, began to shout from there to there to there to there. And somebody said, that's what I'm afraid of. I don't want to do that. But she'll tell you today that that day was, other than the day she gave her heart to Jesus, was the, was the day that transformed her life like no other day in her life. I come in to tell you, to re, we got to redig the old wells. And the one that is salvation and the baptism and the Holy Spirit. We're going to name it what it's called and we're going to keep digging, Luther. We're going to keep digging, Luther. We're going to keep digging at Mag Church until there's such a hunger that people can't stand it any other way. They're going to say, he's not preaching about the assemblies of God. He's not preaching about the, the, the denominationalisms. He's not against the Baptists. He's not against anybody. He's inclusive because it's in the book and the well is for me. The well is for me. Let me tell you, the well is for you. The the well is for you. Neil, is it okay if I say something right here? Because I, I, I'm looking at you and I think I just remembered about a Catholic boy. Yeah? Is that right? If I, I won't try to get it as right as I can. But if I remember correctly, there, there, was a, there was a Catholic boy that started dating a Pentecostal girl. <laughs> Never seen anything of it, Right? 
Is that right? Didn't know anything about it. Is that right? And if I remember the way the story got, because I said, how'd that happen, Neil? If I remember, uh, I think he was a student at Tulane at the time. And he went back to his room and opened his Bible and began to ask God about this book and about what was for him, basically. And if I remember the account right, in a, in a, in a, in a college room or, or apartment or whatever, that God saved a Catholic boy and filled him in the Holy Ghost in the same night at the same time because he just opened the book to see and he showed him that it was for him. Is that right? It's for you. It's for you. When Peter stood up on the day of the Pentecost, at the end, of, at the end he said, for the promise is unto you and to your children. All of those that are far off, even as many as the Lord thy God shall call, the promise is for you. The, the church will never be, the church of this last days, I can't go any further this morning. Brandon, you can come back. The church of this last days, listen to me, will never be the church that he called it to be until we return to the wells of salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit because God never intended his church to be powerless. I'm all about the commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Those are the words of Jesus, and it's what he meant. It's for all of us. Our, 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 the commission's for all of us. But he said, before you go, go stay in Jerusalem. Do you understand? Before, he, before you went into the, all the world, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Said, but before you go, he said, go tarry you in Jerusalem. How long? Well, until. Go tarry you in Jerusalem until you be endued, clothed in, wrapped up in. Endued means clothed in, wrapped up in, until you be endued with. Until you be endued with. You can get out in a second. Until you be endued with power. Until you be endued with power. Go tear. Don't you dare go into this world. Don't you dare go into this world. Don't you go into this world. Stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Don't you do it. Before you go, stay. We will never make a dent in the society that we're in today without the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I, I don't think the nomenclature matters and the semantics and all that. I said, but I noticed something. We lost a lot when we started going to when we started getting the Holy Spirit, when we stopped getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, I know there's nothing to that, but there was an attitude change that came with it. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. We were, Luther, we, was, we started getting embarrassed to say, we, I got the Holy Ghost. Can somebody in this place that knows what I'm talking about at least wave at me a second? I got the Holy Ghost. Holy rollers. Holy rollers. I'm going to tell you something. He never intended his church to go out into that mess. Powerless. 
And now, instead of digging wells of salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit and divine healing and soon coming King and holiness and all of those things, instead of digging those wells, we're, 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 we're digging every man-created situation that you can find, trying to find every antidote. If you, wonder, if you wonder why our society is broken and the church is just as broken as the society, if you wonder, 18%, listen to this, just this week, in America, in America, right now, in the church, out of the church, across the whole board, listen to this. Only 18% of children being raised in America are being raised in a traditional family with a mom and dad in the home. Did you read my lips? 18%. And we think we're enlightened. We think we've got it figured out. We, we think we've progressed. Our cities are burning and our jails are full. Our homes are broken. Our kids are in the hottest mess that you could ever imagine right here in this church. And we don't, and we don't want to dig the wells because we're afraid we're going to shout. Afraid somebody's going to hear us speak in tongues. Afraid of what God might do when he touched us. You know that's what we're afraid of. We're 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 afraid. Uh, we're not we're not afraid to do cartwheels with our shirt off at the ball game and streak across the field if they'll catch us on TV. But we're afraid somebody might see a shout for God. That's nothing but foolish, stubborn pride. That's what that is. I don't care what God does with me anymore. I've never been much of a shouter, but if He wants to move on me to shout, I'll shout. I'll shout. Hey, hey, somebody stand up. 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 The promise is for you. 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 I'm going to teach this church to say amen if it kills me. Amen. Church, I am going to teach you to say amen if it kills me. This is a Pentecostal church. If you can't do anything else, you can learn to say amen. You say, well, you're trying to feed your preacher pride. No, that's not. Let me tell you, can I, I've really been thinking about it. It has nothing to do with preacher pride. You know what amen is? You know what a response is? Response is, is, is an act of faith to what is being said. Response is an act of faith, an act of agreement. Response is an act of agreement to what? To the Word of God. Everywhere through the book of Acts, when the Word of God went forth, there was a response. It's for everybody. It's for Mag. It's for First Baptist across the street. It's for, it's for you, 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 you. You may think it's not for you. It's for you. You may think it's not for you. It's for you. You may think it's not for you. It's for you. So, Lord, you know it's for you. It's for you. You know what? It's for me. Grady, it's for you. You know what? It's even, it's even for the folks back in this corner. It's for you. It's for you. You found out it was for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. Church, it's for you even on a Sunday morning. When I grew up, we didn't know that God baptized in the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning. You did it on Sunday night. But see, we don't have, most churches don't have church on Sunday night no more. So if, you don't, if God don't do something on Sunday morning, we're just in a mess. 
So I made up my mind that God can do it all on Sunday morning. He can do whatever. I, don't, I can't preach any more wells. It's noon. But I can tell you this, if there's somebody in this house today that you've been chasing religion all your life and all you know is, all you know is grandma's religion and all you know is, is the letter that kills and you don't know the spirit that gives life, that I can tell you that today there's salvation in the house for you. That he will change your life. He will pick you up. He will turn you around. He will establish your going. He will, he will make you the head and not the tail. He'll make you above and not beneath. He will, he will turn you around. He'll give you a change of direction. That he will, he will bend your broken heart. He will change everything about you. He will change. If that's you this morning and you, and you think, I, this is the first time in my life I've ever realized that I needed a Savior that's going to change my life. If that's you, don't, don't walk right. Don't walk right. Come on. Don't raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. If that's you this morning, come on. 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 I'm just giving you a few minutes. One of these days, that, that old bondage and oppression that's all over Mag Church that prevents people from getting saved in the altar call, it's going to break. And that's what it is. That's what it is. It's an oppression. It's an, it's an oppressive spirit all over, the, all over this area that causes people not to want to respond to the truth of God's Word. And it's going to break. You know why it's going to break? Because this preacher's not going to quit praying until it breaks. He's not going to keep preaching until it breaks. If you're in this house today and you know not because the preacher, you know that you need a Savior today, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on. In um, five more seconds, that's all I'm waiting. Here, come on, meter. Come on, come on, come on. There's another, come on, come on. There's another, come on, come on. I need people that know how to pray. Come on, come on. I need people that know how to pray. Come on, don't pray with them, lead them. Don't pray with them. Don't put your hands on them and pray behind their back. Lead them to Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Get around in front of them and lead them to Jesus right now. Lead them to Jesus. Don't pray over them. Lead them to Jesus. Lead them to Jesus. Lead them. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody sing. Come on. Come on. Take me back. Come on. Yes. Take me back, dear Lord. To the place, lead them to Jesus. Hallelujah. Take me back. Lead him to Jesus. Somebody lead him to Jesus. Don't pray over him. Lead him to Jesus. First, believe. Take me back. Come on. This morning you're here and you know good you know as sure as you're standing here that if, if you died right this moment or in your sleep tonight that you would go to heaven. You're saved. If that's you, you're saved. You know you're saved. You're saved and you know that you are. And that but if you said that baptism of the Holy Spirit thing is for my husband, it's for my grandma, it was for it was for my sister, it was for it's for the person across the row. But this morning there's something in your heart that for the first time maybe ever that said that's for me. If that's you this morning, come on. If that's you this morning, come on right now. Come on. Come on. Come on, this is not about salvation. This is about power. Come on, come on, come on. In the name of Jesus, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't look down, look up. Come on, church. Don't look down, look up. Come on. 
Come on. Come on. This is the MO of Mag Church from now on. We're going to be a full gospel church. We're going to be a full gospel church. We believe in all of it. Come on, if it's you. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit right now. Not everybody in this house is baptized in the Holy Spirit. No more than the man in the moon. I know it and you know it. The promise is unto you. The promise is unto you. Come on this morning. The promise is unto you. The promise is unto you. Come on. Come on. What are you waiting on? Come on. Come on. Somebody's going to meet you here. Come on. Come on. Renew my faith. Come on. Restore my joy. My weeping eyes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Take me back to the Lord. To the place where I first received you. How long? If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues, I'm going to ask you a question right now. How long has it been since you have? How long has it been since you have? Because it's not a one-time experience. It's the rest of your life. It's a lifestyle. How long has it been? How long has it been? Say, Paul Preacher, I just want to come to church and go home. How long has it been? I, I, I want the yoke of bondage broke off my life, but I, but I don't want to respond to the Spirit of God. How long has it been? How long has it been? What do you want out? What do you want out of? What do you want out of your relationship with God? What do you want out of church? What do you want? If you want the power of God, it only comes one way. How long has it been? Come on. Come on. There you go. There you go. Come on. I need some. I need people. Heather. It was Cindy. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you know you are, I want to say I want to see you at the front right now. I need you. There's right over here. I need you. Come on. All the way across this place. Today's your day. <laughs> Today's your day. Listen to me. The Bible says if you're saved, that you're a candidate. The promise is unto you. Listen to me. I want everybody, if you're here seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, listen to me just a second. The promise is for you. So you don't have to do it. And the Bible says that it's a gift that God gives to every believer. So you don't have to earn it. It's a gift. There's a couple things I want you to know. It's for you. It's a gift. 
You can't speak in two languages at the same time. <laughs> so we're not going to sit around and say, thank you, Jesus, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. The whole, we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to ask in faith because everything you receive from God, you receive by faith. You got saved by faith. Everything you receive from God, you receive by faith. And we're going to ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. To baptize us in the Holy Spirit with the, and, it, and it will be evidenced by speaking in other tongues. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that the Spirit, that they, that they all spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Listen, listen to me. The Spirit will not talk for you. It's His words, it's your mouth. The act of faith is, you want me to tell you what the act of faith is? Because see, when we pray and ask, you're going to hear words in your, in your mind, in your spirit, just like any other words that you, that you, when I, you know, whenever I want to talk, my mind says, say, say yes. 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 Is that right? Does, it, does your, is your words formed in your mind before it's formed in your mouth? That's my words. The spirit says, it says the spirit gives the utterance. He'll give you the words. The spirit will give you the words, but you have to speak them. Just like whenever I know that I want to say, hey, I want to say, my, my mouth responds. The act of faith is when you ask for the gift that you speak the words it gives you. It will be you that speaks it. I'm afraid I'll get in my flesh. You're going to. Your mouth is going to form the words that the Spirit gives you. Your mouth is going to form the words that the Spirit gives you. Your mouth is going to form the words that the Spirit gives you. And you have to, and you have to say them out loud. You may not sound like me or anybody else you ever heard. It's, a, it's for you. It's a gift. It's His words, your mouth. You ready? Who's with John, who's with you? I need somebody. I need a, a, a Spirit-filled believer with John. Yes. You're one of the... Then, then join over here. You ready? We're going to ask. We made, we've made Pentecostal calisthenics out of it for years when it's just a gift that you ask for. Amen? You ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, you ask for yourself. Father, I love you. And Father, I believe today that the gift is for me, that the promise is for me. I believe that the promise is for me. And I know that you would not give me anything that's bad. Your word declares that you give good gifts, that you, that you give good gifts. So Father, right now I ask you for the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I ask you right now, and I ask you in the name of Jesus. I ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I, now listen, now say, I ask you in the name of Jesus, now I receive. I receive in the name of Jesus. 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 His words, your mouth. His word. When you hear those words in your spirit, just speak them out. His words, your mouth. His words, your mouth in the name of Jesus. Speak it out. Yeah, there, right there. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. His words, your mouth. In the name of Jesus, I receive. Just like that. Just like that. His words, your mouth. His words, just like that. 
He does it just like that. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 We need a powerful work of the Spirit today, God. Yes, yes, just like that. Who else? Who else is seeking? Who else is seeking? Who else is reading? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you. Lord, you saved Rita, made her a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, turned her life around just this week. Lord, you flooded her soul with the presence of your spirit. The promise is for Rita. Lord, we ask right now. You have to you have to open your mouth. You have to open your mouth. He's 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 our two already this morning. Two already this morning in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask. His words, your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you that you baptized several already in the name of Jesus. 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 Church, the promise is for you. The promise is for you. The promise is for you right now. Right now. If you've got to slide out, that's fine. If they're still if you're still seeking and hungry, you need to stay. If you're, if you're, if you're still, he, he's baptized several already. If you're, if you're here and you're still hungry, God has a release. There, there's a release to leave and there's a release to stay. I know what they are. God's still dealing with you. Come on. Come on. You're not holding anybody up. Everybody, you're, anybody in this room that needs to go is free to go. You're not holding anybody up. Who else? Who else? 
Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who's hungry in this house? Who's hungry in this house? Who's hungry in this house? Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Who's hungry in this house? Mag, we gotta have him. We gotta have him. Who's hungry? Who's hungry? Tell him. Tell him. Bible says, blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. They shall be filled. Who else? Who's hungry? You've had enough of religion. You've had enough of the routine. You've had enough. Maybe you've had enough of the crazy stuff that people are calling religion. You've had enough. Who's hungry? Whenever I even say the words, there's something that it stirs down in you deep. There's something that moves down in you deep because you're hungry. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Don't hold nothing back from him this morning. Just tell him. Just tell him. Just tell him. Reach out. Make a move. See, faith, this is what I want you to understand. Faith moves. Faith moves. Faith has action. Faith doesn't sit around. Faith moves. Faith acts. A-C-T-S. Faith acts. It moves. It has action. Always. Faith always moves. That's why faith says amen. That's why faith responds to altar calls. That's why faith cries out to God. That's why faith prays. Because faith acts. The model of the church is what? The acts. Acts. A-C-T-S. The acts of the Holy Spirit. Some translations say the acts of the apostles, but it was the acts, the actions of the, Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Faith acts. Faith's not a placeholder. Faith acts. Tell him, tell him about your hunger today. <laughs> tell him about your hunger today. Tell him about your hunger today. Tell him about your hunger today. Use your mouth, your words. Tell him about your hunger today. Tell him. Tell him. I got to have you. I got to have you. I can't build a church, but you can. I can't change people, but you can. I don't have any power, but you do. I can't change the human heart. I can't change the human mind, but I can walk with you. I can be hungry. 
I can cry out to you. I can pray for my family. I can pray for my loved ones. I can, I can walk in your power. I can, I can redig the wells. I can call them by their name. I can, I can go back. I, de- I can depart from this world. I, I can shut out the things that are hindering me. I can, I can get rid of the distractions. I can, I can move them. I can move the things out of my life that are disgraceful. I can, I can move, I can move and, and allow by your spirit that you give me the power to, 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 to push the trash out of my life. Hallelujah. 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 He has all the power. Oh, I'm desperate. I'm desperate. I'm desperate. Will somebody in this house say, I'm desperate? Will somebody in this house say, I'm desperate? Will somebody in this house say, God, I've got to have you. God, I've got to have you. My family's not going to survive if I don't have you. I'm not going to make it if I don't have you. I'm never going to get the bondage off of my life if I don't have you. Hallelujah. 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 I'm never going to dig the trash out of my life if, if we don't redig the wells. Hallelujah. 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 I can't not say it. Spirit of God just keeps saying it in my mind. Sir or ma'am, it may be either or both or many. He'll help you dig the trash of pornography out of your well if you'll walk in His power. He'll help you get that trash out of your life and set you free and give you victory if you'll redig the wells of salvation and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you'll if you'll dig in and see, you don't have the power to get free from this stuff, but He has the power over all of it. He, the whole thing is is that without Him I can't do anything. That with Him I can do anything. With men things will be impossible. It's impossible for you to get free from these bondages, but nothing is impossible with Him. That He he will set you free today if you'll cry out. If you'll be hungry, He will set you free. He will set you free. He will set you free. Church, He will set you free. Sir, He will set you free. He will set you free. He will restore your marriage. He will restore proper intimacy. He will get the garbage and the smut out of your life. He will set you free. In the name of Jesus, He'll set you free. He'll set you free. He'll set you free. You won't have to go to no program. You won't have to go through any calisthenics. You won't have to do anything. If you'll cry out to Him and get hungry, if you'll walk in faith, that anything you will have to do is to dare to believe God that He has the power to set you free. He'll set you free. He'll set you free. Hallelujah. It says that Isaac dug again 
the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham his father for the Philistines, the world, the enemy, the enemy of Isaac, the enemy of Israel, the enemies of God, the Philistines had stopped the wells up. After, What do you think stopping up the wells today? It's the garbage and the trash of the enemy of God. We have to redig the wells. We have to redig the wells. We have to get the trash out. Take the trash out, church. You can't. But if you're hungry, he not only can, he will. He not only can, he will. He not only can, he will. If you were seeking baptism today and you haven't received, don't you quit being hungry. There's several that did, but there's several that didn't. Don't you quit being hungry. Don't you start seeking him. Seek him. Seek him day and night, night and day. 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 There's nothing, there's nothing this world has. There's nothing the TV set has. There's nothing ESPN has. There's nothing your job has. There's nothing, there's nothing that any, anything in this world has that will give you more when you begin to seek him. Day and night, night and day. Day and night, night night and day, day and night, night and day. He's not going to take anything from you that he's not going to give you a thousand times more. God's not going to owe I'm going to tell you something. There's one thing we got to get back into the mentality of the church is God's not going to owe you anything. So that, what am I saying? He's not going to take things from you and leave you wanting and leave it like you feel like he owes you something. God's not going to owe you anything. For everything he removes, he'll not remove anything that's not trash and he'll replace it with something wonderful. He will replace it with something wonderful. You say, well, what about the trials that come? I've got to tell you, the trials are coming. The trials are coming with or without him. The trials are coming with or without him. And I'm going to do my trials with him. I'm going to do my trials with him because he's the one that has the power. I might break under the trial. He'll never break. I might break. In fact, you will break without him. He'll never break. There's no, there's no load that he can't carry. And he will. Hunger. Hunger. Day and night. Night and day. Brandon, there's nothing I need worse than I need him. There's nothing I need worse than I need him. There's nothing mag, there's nothing mag church needs worse than we need his presence. There's nothing Mag Church, there's nothing Orange County needs worse than a people that will cry out and get hungry in a church that will seek His presence. This, this area needs it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Take me back. Take me back to Lord. To the place. Where I first received you Take me back Take me back, dear Lord Where I first believed Take me back Take me back, dear Lord To the place where I first received you Take me back 